everyone to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. How fascinating that our network is a global network. It truly is, because tonight, coming from far corners of the earth, are my two guests. Uh, Claude Bouchard is a USA Today bestselling thriller novelist. He is in Canada. Hi there, Claude. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? Very well, thank you. Claude is my guest host while I play tech tonight, and his guest hails from northern Queensland, Australia, and that is Luke Romain. Hi, Luke. How are you? Hi, Pam. Nice to talk to you, I'm going really well. (laughs) Sorry. I'm so glad. That's okay. Um, I have to remember there's a little time delay because of our multiple time zones. Um, Claude and Luke are are actually very good friends as well as terrific writers, both of them, as I say, USA Today bestsellers. So I'm turning over the microphone right now to Claude. It's all yours. Okay, thank you. Uh, just a, just a bit of an intro to uh, how how Luke and I came to be buddies over the years. I met I met Luke on Twitter over ten years ago, back when we were both fledgling authors working at getting our names out. Uh, since we've published close to twenty books, uh, each exchanged uh, ideas and strategies, chatted crap over countless hour, hours, even traveled in Vietnam and Canada under the close supervision of our lovely wives. Uh, I'm therefore pleased to have a chance to chat with him again this evening because we we haven't done so since uh, uh, Friday. (laughs) So, Luke, welcome to the show, and we're going to have some fun. Yeah, thanks very much, Claude. It's uh, great to chat to you again after two days or three days, whatever whatever the time difference is. I I think it's been 72 hours. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I miss you. Yeah, time, time does fly. Uh, okay, we we're, we are tight on time because we only have half an hour, maybe less. But so uh, I was going to start by asking asking you uh, who cuts your hair, but clearly nobody does anymore. So we'll move on to something else. Let's get into a bit of serious <laughs> business. Uh, we we we've all been affected by the on, the ongoing pandemic. Uh, what kind of impact has it had on your day to day life, your writing, and so on? Tell us a bit about that. Uh, in all honesty, it's had very little impact on me. I, I live in the, the country uh, in far north Queensland in Australia, so I'm pretty isolated anyway. We only had a few cases here at, at the peak of the uh, pandemic in Australia. Um, the, the government clamped down on everything really well and uh, and everyone basically just went into isolation. Um, everyone that didn't have to be out just stayed at home. And so, yeah, I, I've been sitting in my house for about three months um, and, and writing and editing and doing everything that a writer does. Uh, so I'm perfectly modelled for this, this kind of situation. I, uh, I don't like leaving the house anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's not a big deal for me. <laughs> Has it actually allowed you to do more writing or...? Yeah, I um I was doing security part time and and I've quit that um just and and now I'm full time writing. Uh, I published a new book recently called uh, The Last Monster Hunter, and um and and I'm working on others. I've got a third in a series that I'm trying to get out very soon, and I, I'm working on 
multiple books, multiple, multiple things going on at the moment uh, because everything in America is on hold uh, in the publishing industry. So I'm getting things out there that I can get out myself. And uh, yeah, it's very exciting at the moment, actually. It's a terrible time for everyone around the world. But uh, uh, for me, it's a, it's a very productive time. Oh well, that, that that's good. In in my case, with the whole pandemic thing coming around, uh, we we've been uh, affected a lot more in uh, particularly in the Montreal area in Canada. Although things have slowed now, but uh, it, it it was it, you know it just became some very trying times uh, with us. We're as you're aware, we're fairly new grandparents, so we had a couple of months there where we weren't seeing the family, weren't seeing the grandkids. Uh, I saw my parents for the first time uh, three, four weeks ago that I haven't seen them since uh, early February. So there, there's, there have been a lot, of, uh, a lot of different factors that played in. Uh, my, my wife, Joanne, has been working from home since uh, mid-March. which So a bunch of different changes that, uh, for, for me personally, just kind of put a damper on the kind of the writing mode which I'm trying to get back into so uh, um you know I'm happy I'm happy to know that you know in your case it was like hey I've got all this time to write let's just do it so that's uh, excellent uh, you you mentioned well, the, last, mean, uh, uh, the last sorry go ahead yeah I was going to just say well, like everything with the writing if you get out of your routine and if you're not doing it every day it's really hard to get back into it. It's like exercise. If you're not training every day or, or doing it on a regular basis, if you take a while off, then getting back into writing is, is a really hard thing to get back into. And I took a while off because I was marketing this latest book and I'm, I'm struggling myself to, to write uh, a, another book. I'm, whereas normally I'll write four or 5,000 words a day, I'm down to 1,000 words a day and struggling to get that out. So, yeah, it's, uh, I, I feel you when you're talking about that. I'll I'll get I'll get back into it. Uh, just just not sure when it's really gonna pick up again, but it shall. Uh, you, you mentioned the last Monster Hunter, which is uh, you know one of the reasons that we're having this uh, this conversation uh, this evening because that that was recently released. Uh, tell us a bit about the the last Monster Hunter. It's it's about a young boy who's who's a pretty neglected boy. He lives with his uh, his, his uncle and aunt and. Uh, they don't treat him very well, and then one day his bedroom wall smiles at him, and uh, right before it tries to eat him, and uh, and I, from there I hate Theo when that gets happens. <laughs> happens to me all the time. Um, from there, <laughs> Theo just gets literally flung into this this uh, parallel world, I'll call it, um, that that lives alongside ours of of magic and uh, sorcery and dragons, and uh, he learns that his father was a great hero in this world, uh, and, and uh, the head of a group called the Hunters, who who track down uh, evil doers in the magical world and and bring them to justice, and uh, and, and so Theo tries to uh, learn from the Hunters, but unfortunately the the castle that they train and live in is attacked by a dragon and they're all wiped out. Spoiler alert. Um, but, uh, yeah, and it goes on from there. It's, it's, it's Theo trying to fumble his way through this with, with a group of companions of, of, uh, of uh, varying odd descriptions. 
trying to keep him safe as as he learns of his heritage and and figures out what what he's supposed to do in this world and and how he's supposed to um, you know fight these things that are coming after him. Very exciting. I I, I really really enjoyed writing this book uh, and and it's just a great feel good story um, and, and a great adventure too. And if I if I remember correctly, this is this isn't a, a standalone. You have you have other works coming in in the same series. No, that, or? that's exactly right. I've got this is going to be a trilogy um, at this stage, unless I decide to keep writing. But I've got uh, the second book's already written, and two thirds of the third book is already written. So I'm in the process of uh, reviewing them and editing and. All the all the fun stuff that comes along with uh, writing books, and um, yeah, and so yeah, we'll we'll just see how that goes. I, I if no one else likes it, I I love it. Well, yeah, you, you have to be happy with what you're doing to start. So, <laughs> um, you you, me- you mentioned, and I know this having read the book anyhow, but the 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 main character the main character is is uh, is a youngster, uh, a twelve year old, and that that was the case with a, a previous work that you released in the last year or so, uh, Immortal Billy, which uh, per- personally I thought I- I've read most, if not all, of your work, and uh, I think Immortal Billy was probably your 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 best book. I just I just love that book. But strangely enough, Immortal yeah. Billy also had a a twelve year old uh, protagonist. What what urged you to uh, to work with younger protagonists in these these more recent works? And that's that's a really good question, um, and something I haven't put a lot of thought into. I, I write characters for the book, so um, it, it's. I, I originally, with the with the latest series, I, I originally intended Theo to be a lot older, but as the character developed, he he had these mannerisms of a younger person, and 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 the role that he was filling needed to be younger than a sixteen or a seventeen year old. So, uh, in that he had a, a certain innocence and a naivety that a a, a teenager wouldn't have. Um, so yeah, he had to be 12 and I mean, I, I, 12 is, is probably just a number I pulled out of the air and it's a, just a coincidence that both these uh, guys are, are 12 years old or maybe there's something in my psyche that, uh, is, is pulling me back to that time. But, uh, but I, I think it's a, a certain innocence before the teenage years take you over and, and ruin everything. Um, when you can still believe in magic, uh, without question. And, and perhaps that's what it is. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess well, it, it's funny as you're mentioning that. I'm, I'm just thinking back to your your legacy series where you were dealing with not a not a 12 year old, but actually you know a you know a, an adult uh, protag. And but uh, I can I can maybe see some some parallels there with you know being faced with with the unknown and you know. Strange stuff and so on and so forth, and having having to deal with it. So, but I was I was just I was just well, curious about the 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 fact of the 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 younger the younger main characters. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I go up and down. I, uh, I started with a, an assassin in his middle age, uh, middle years, and and now I've come to an innocent boy. So, well, yeah. Who knows what's going on in my head? I um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I like I say, I just I just write the characters for the books, um, and and hopefully they they fit and they they go well and and they touch touch readers. Uh, on a personal level, almost uh, in that, yeah, you know, um, that's that's what's really important with a book. You can have uh, boring uh, subplots and stuff like that, but if people love those characters and if they absolutely love them, then they will persevere through the the doldrums and uh, and and keep going. Um, I know some of my most outlandish characters, like like Vane and. Um, Vane, especially in the dark path, is a good example in that, you know, the, the first part of the dark path is horrendously graphic. Um, and, and for anyone not not knowing, it, that's my first book. So, I mean, that was a horrendously graphic first opening to a book and, and not mm-hmm. something I would probably do on a, uh, on a regular basis. But because Vane was so gripping and Vane held uh, that, that storyline together and stopped it, from being a hack and slash uh, horror novel almost, um, and, and that is you know what was the the soul of that that series, um, and say, same with these books you know the, these kids they they're looking at this world I mean uh, both Immortal Billy and um, the Last Monster Hunter these are these are kids young boys thrown into into new worlds that they don't really understand. Um, and and they do it without question. They don't sort of uh, an adult going into that scenario would uh, would question everything and, and demand to be sent back to the life that they're comfortable with. Whereas a kid will just go, oh, okay, this is great. Oh, actually, I I don't see either of those books working if you if if you'd replace that that twelve year old with a a a forty year old. Uh, no, it, it wouldn't work. You, you'd, you'd be, you'd be rewriting. You'd be writing a new story. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. De- definitely, definitely not, not criticizing the choice of the, uh, of, of the, the younger, uh, the younger characters. Uh, they, they wouldn't work with, with an, uh, with an adult. There, there's no doubt about it. In in look in looking at that though, and uh, this is something that you and I have actually chatted about uh, in the past, even recently. When when you look at the retailer genres for the these two books, they, they unfortunately, in my point of view, they they suggest that they're aimed at a younger audience, and I I know both works. I I'd say that they, without a doubt, they they should be destined to a wider audience age wise, not simply younger. Uh, what, what's been your impression to date? What what kind of feedback have you seen from readers who've read these more recent books? And uh, are you are you capturing a wider audience, getting some younger readers in there too? Uh, are you are older readers saying ah this is this is younger because they're 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 definitely not written in a, a a juvenile fashion in a you know I've uh, I, I've compared them in the the kind of minding with uh, with Rowling's or uh, or, or Tolkien. Uh, what what has your what has your impression been? 
uh, about about the the reader take uh, with with these two books. Um, oh, the feedback I've gotten from readers so far is fantastic for the last Monster Hunter. People people love it, and and it's it's a um, I, I I hate to say feel good story because that sounds so cliched, but um, it it is a feel good story. It's it's something that takes you back to a, a more innocent time. Um, like and and I love that you said Tolkien because I just I, I just imagine uh, this is very similar to um, not in story wise but in theme um, the Hobbit in that you know there's an adventure and there's there's a young protagonist uh, who's who's completely outmatched and he go, goes along with uh, his friends to try and. Uh, uh, accomplish something that's impossible, and of course there's dragons in it as well. But uh, as to the categories, uh, categories are, are an Amazon thing. Um, they jump back and forth. They could they could change tomorrow to something more mature. Uh, it depends on on what people are looking at. I don't try and read too much into that. Um, if people are going to read a book, and if if it's marketed right, um, it, it it will reach the right readers. Um, I've got. You know, people who have read my books know what my stories are about. They're, they're you know, action, adventure, um, fantasy elements. Um, and, yeah, if they like it, they like it. If not, well, I'll write another book. Yeah, well, I, I can only imagine that readers of your past works have, a, okay, well, I got a new Luke Remain book. Well, I'll read this new Luke Remain book because <laughs> we know what Luke writes. Yeah, look, uh, and that's that's the great thing about having a dedicated fan base. Um, of course, yeah, it'd be fantastic if it was larger. If I had uh, J.K. Rowling's uh, following, would be uh, um, yeah, forget about it. But um, yeah, look, you know what? If if one person is reading my books, then it's it's time well spent, isn't it? And if if someone goes into these adventures, and and even for a short time, if it takes them away from the problems that they've got. In, in their day-to-day life, then that's what being a writer is all about. And that's what being a storyteller is all about. Um, it, it's not about money, for God's sake. We all know that. Anyone that's a writer will will, <laughs> will tell you that. That's not why we push ourselves. Um, but it is about trying to, to touch people's lives um, in some way. And, and it's a, it's a certain, certain kind of magic if you, if you can do that. And uh, yeah, God, hell of a life if you can uh, if you can spend your life doing that. Uh, well, we've we've both been doing it for uh, several years now, so I, I guess we're just crazy, or we or or you know I agree with you. <laughs> I, I think we're a little bit crazy, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean we you know, have have to get some enjoyment in life. Um, you, you mentioned you were mentioning earlier uh, you've been cra- crazy busy working on different things. Uh, what 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 other works can we uh, can we your uh, your readers be expecting going forward in the the near future and not so distant future? What's what's in the pipeline? So uh, there's this uh, another series that I've got out called the Shades uh, trilogy, and um, I'm working on the I've third heard of book, that. the final book for that. Yeah, <laughs> that's been kind of popular. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm working on the final book for that, and um, 
and, and jumping from The Last Monster Hunter with its innocent themes to a, a series which is, is you know, it's not horror-esque dark, but it, I would say it's very Dean Koontz sort of um, twisted and, uh, and macabre in some senses. And, and, you know, there's also sci-fi and fantasy elements through that as well. But it's a much more mature-themed um, story. And and it's it's hard to get your head around that when you've been so pushing uh, so so in debt uh, excuse me uh, so um, so entrenched in in a, a story as innocent as the uh, the last monster hunter so I'm getting my mm-hmm. head back around to uh, the the shade trilogy I'm uh, I'm about halfway through writing the last book for that. And, okay. Uh, we're also, yeah, I, like I say, I'm I'm editing uh, book two in the um, the Theo trilogy. I think. Uh, the, what did I call it? I can't remember what it's called now. <laughs> the, the, the Last Monster Hunters trilogy, um, which is called the uh, I can say this now that it's Storm Riders. Okay. So that would be going up for pre-order whenever I can be bothered to put it up for pre-order and decide on a date um, because that's just about ready to go, I think. Uh, I, I just have to do a final read-through for that. Um, there's other this books is, that I'm this in, is the, the, in the... This, this is the second one in the in the Theo trilogy? Yeah, that's correct. So, um, okay. the uh, yeah. Sorry to jump so around I, like I, that. I, I want to cut in and ask a couple questions here. Claudia, oh. if you don't mind if I grab the mic back from you for a minute. Oh, please, please do, because I was about done. Okay, so I, I have a couple <laughs> questions. How many trilogies or sets of stories do you have? Oh, that's a really good question, Pam. Thanks for catching me <laughs> off guard with that. <laughs> if the author Let me just know, bring up my. If the author, I, I have know, sixteen books published, and uh, I think from memory, out of that sixteen, I've got four series, but I've got series. I've got a couple of standalones as well. Right. So. So I've. You know, I was I was going to ask you how do you keep all of them straight, but when you're talking about the last monster hunter, obviously you don't. I mean, do you, do you not have a series catalog for all of your characters and and so on, so that if you're moving ancillary characters forward, are they? I, I don't understand how you do it because you seem so prolific to me. Oh, okay. Well, illusions are great, um, but uh, <laughs> I, I I have I have detailed notes on everything. So every character, because I've got a terrible memory. As you've, as I've just you know, displayed, um, but I, I have to keep notes on who these characters are and what their different abilities and nuances are and, ah. and things like that. Um, so I've got whole folders full of stuff of these characters, especially for the um, the Last Hunter book uh, series, and that's what the series is called, The Last Hunter. Um, so yeah, the. Uh, the, the the characters in that are so detailed. So, for instance, um, Theo teams up with this group called they're the Guardians. Basically, they're from a, a, a place called the Library, which is a a storehouse for all human knowledge and magic knowledge. And these four Guardians are, are 
bestowed on Theo to to protect him while he goes on this journey to meet the hunters and and everything that follows mm-hmm. on from that. So th- we've got one that's uh, like a demon almost, and he can manipulate fire and and stuff at will. And you've got a, a, a magi- uh, magical uh, ethereal creature that's um, you know a, a woman and uh, and a bear man and a, and a and a dwarf kind of thing. And so, but uh, all these characters have very detailed. I won't say backstories, but they've got very detailed sort of uh, uh, talents and abilities that go along with them. And if I'm relying on my memory only, that's awful. They'll end up being completely different characters. So I I, I write everything down. You flip from kind of genre to subgenre. You're writing fantasy, but then you you said you're also writing um, a little bit kind of Dean Kuntzy horror supernatural type of mm. stuff um do you where do you pluck your ideas from and do you have them running around in your head all the time all the time every single day i'm thinking of a different book and most of the time i forget about them by the time the day's over um and uh, yeah look i i have ideas all the time it's it's horrendous i've um I'm working on other books that I'm trying to get. I've got a whole list of books, like uh, first chapters, that uh, I've got folders of them just sitting on my computer at home. And um, then when I, I feel like it, when I've got time, I go back to it. I, I've got, I'm never lacking a book to write. Um, I'm not like some people that sit, sit around and just ponder the universe for ages. It just comes to me. It's interesting to me because a lot of times when I speak to authors, they will tell me that, you know, they have these ideas floating around in their head. And I always want to know, well, which one and do you choose? How do you choose? How do you know that particular idea is the one that you should be working on? So since you have all these um, first chapters, how does it work for you? Well, a, a good idea will stick in your head. Uh, a mediocre idea will fade away. Um, if a good idea, like I, I've been chewing over one book for six months now, um, and and I just keep thinking about different things in my head and and developing a, a background for this story. And it's very different to all my other books. I don't think there'll be any fantasy elements in it at all. Very much a dramatic novel. And um, and 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 it's like I said to Claude just earlier. It's it's based around a character. So this character, and I I had this idea for this character one day, and I threw it down on on well metaphorical paper. I threw it down on the computer, and um and 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 it stuck with me. I've got other books there that I just couldn't even tell you what they're the starting chapters are but this hmm. this one is just staying with me and i think i stephen king said that in that a good story will stay with you and that's he writes uh he's a pantser is is the terminology that i i relate mm-hmm. to in that you know you've got right. your, your plotters and your pantsers right. so stephen king right. will just write a book from from the start without an idea of where it's going and whereas a plotter needs to plot out every aspect of that book. And he said uh, in an interview or, or something else in the past, I can't remember really, um, he, he said that, you know, these things will stay with you. And you sit in bed and you think about them and, and you develop these things over months. 
Um, hmm. And that's that's kind of what happens if if something is a good idea. And like the Theo, I love this idea of this kid that um, you know had was thrown into this magical world, and he had to be a hero. And uh, I suppose that's almost like Harry Potter, but I didn't intend it to be. Um, well, and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's. I think it's great. I love sorry? it I, because I'm a, I'm a big fan of fantasy anyway. So, um, you know, I'll be going to Kindle afterward and click 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 all your books so I can read them. I think um, you I know I will. I promise. Um, I know that <laughs> you are calling all the way from Australia to our studio, which is based in New York. I want to first um, get Claude back on the line. Claude, uh, when are you yes. releasing a book from you again? When am I ever? When am I releasing another book? <laughs> when, yes. when I finished writing one? <laughs> uh, no, I, I started working on something back in March. I probably have three, four thousand words down. Uh, this is uh, obviously, in my case, uh, I, I just keep on writing in my series. Uh, so this is another. This is number seventeen in the uh, the Vigilante series, Vigilante. which is tentatively in, uh, entitled uh, Ramos's Revenge and relates back to some past books and characters and so on and so forth. But uh, I haven't really done much writing in recent months. But it say sometime between now and the end of the year, maybe, uh, maybe sooner, maybe later. It, it all depends when it's done. But you, that, that's pretty much twi- how I've how I've attacked you have it. You twin grandkids, so you're you're forgiven for that. You have twin grandkids, and that's really really the most important thing. Um, Claude, would you? And, and, and I'm so much older than Luke, so there's <laughs> there's the age factor too. <laughs> No, I think it's because you live in a big metropolitan city, and Luke says, stay away, I want a city, I'm going to stay out in the country, away from people. It gives him a really good place to concentrate. Um, Claude, will you please give us your website and social media? My website is very simple, ClaudeBouchardBooks.com. Social media on Twitter, CB308, that's C-E-E-B-E-E-308. On Facebook, it's Claude Bouchard, or my author page, which I very rarely use or post on, is Claude Vigilante Bouchard. Very good. Luke, I am thrilled that I got to talk to you again. It's been a, a little while. I know you and Claude speak all the time, but for me, this is a real treat. Will you please give us your website and social media? Absolutely. Um, my website is lukeromain.com, R-O-M-Y-N. Uh, and all my social media, if you just type Luke Romain into Google, you're going to get everything for me. Um, it's There's a lot of social media stuff for me out there, and I just uh, a lot of it's through my website that you can find. Um, Twitter is at Luke Romain. Uh, Facebook is, uh, I can't remember what Facebook is. Facebook is Luke Romain, I think, Luke.Romain. Um, basically, the beauty of having such a unique name is that there's, there's one other Luke Romain in the world that I know of if it comes up on Google. And uh, he's a swimmer go. in South Africa. So if you come across him, that's not me. He's an imposter. <laughs> 
Well, I want to thank you, gentlemen, so much. This has been so fun for me to have my guest host from Canada and our guest all the way from Australia and me sitting in sunny southwest Florida. Um, I hope you both are safe and your families are, and I look forward to having you come back again soon. So thank you, Claude, and thank you, Luke, very, very much for being on Authors on the Air. And listeners, Thank you so much for being with us tonight, and thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.